does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Previously on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. All right, it's a Thursday. You know it's 7 o'clock. You know it's the Wake Up Call. KB and Andy hanging out with you for the next three hours right here on the fan. It is game day, KB. We're feeling good. What do you want to see from Anthony Richardson? What do you want to see from the Indianapolis Colts? And then we also, uh, yesterday, and we wake up today on this Thursday on the fan, fellas, with the realization, a kind of a yucky one that six teams have already reached out uh, for Jonathan Taylor. We shall see if that number grows in the coming days and hours. Uh, In the next few days, the Colts give uh, a deadline of Tuesday, and that's where we sit today with a couple offers on the table, and uh, it's becoming a reality whether you like it or not. Fellas, good morning, KB. You got your Ellie shirt on. You're looking good today. Look at you. sweep. I almost brought in the broom here on this (laughs) Thursday morning. Uh, sweep by the Red Legs, Ellie Day the Cruz. Congratulations. Six RBIs yeah. in game one yesterday. I do feel like the Angels are a bit cursed. You see Shohei Otani? Oh, you think? Do you, do you think they're a little bit cursed, having yeah. great players and never winning games and having injuries? Will not pitch again this season with a torn UCL and Mike Trout to the DL. But yes, the Reds and the Cubs right now. We can hold hands as we are both in the final wild card spots. So we head into the weekend series. But yeah, as you said, Andy, tonight, 8 o'clock, our coverage will begin at 5 as the Colts have their preseason finale. In Philly, coverage here locally on RTV6 along with Amazon Prime. And again, once again, it is a absolutely steamy Thursday here in Indianapolis. So good Thursday morning to all of we, our listeners. We need to there. get you out today in the afternoon. We need to get you out. Uh, you know, I don't know. You want to golf? You want to wanna, melt? Yeah, you want to melt? Come on, get out and do a little jog what? or something like that. We need to get you out in this heat. Sweat off something. Let's go. Last night I played third wheel with my wife and her sister okay. and went over to White River, the TCU Amphitheater over there for the OAR and Goo Goo Dolls Ooh, concert. We almost went over there. Really? We did, yeah. But we were like, Goo Goo Dolls were in town? I had no idea. Goo Goo Dolls were in town. Um, a little bit of a frog in the throat of the lead singer. I, I, we bailed after about 11, 12 songs. Uh, is it Resnick? I'm not sure. Yes. Is that Johnny his name? Resnick, Johnny yeah. Resnick? 57 is what, what what we looked up. We were curious about the age. Uh, oh, I'm probably a little bit more OAR than Goo Goo Dolls, but... There was a period early in the show where it's like, man, this is again. I'm, 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 this is great. I'm just working out just by standing out here <laughs> in the heat. And then once the sun went behind the beautiful renovated uh, overhang, if you will, I, it actually turned out to be a decent night. So we had a great time. Yeah, I know absolutely. The only thing I know OAR is isn't it college rock, yacht rock? Is it something like that? Isn't there a song like the poker song? Yeah, crazy game okay. of poker. That, that's yeah. the only uh-huh. thing I know. Now I can do some Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, now I'm, I do know them. I'm probably a little bit more. Yeah, I'm definitely more OAR than I am Goo Goo Dolls. But you you, you got to check out that that venue. So if you can picture Victory Field, yeah, uh, just pretty much on the other side of Victory Field, right in between that and the NCAA and the Idol Jorg. Uh, beautiful venue. Uh, again, great turnout, even though it was hotter than you know what. And we had a fun little Wednesday night. Yeah, well, I mean, last night, so I need to do this for the YouTube audience, the breakfast bar people that are like, Sweeney, how much coffee do you drink in the morning? Well, he, he, this is, this is going to be right here. 
Now, is there mayo in that coffee? There is not, and I'm not sure I'm going to do that. Actually, I'm the new guy. I'll do the damn, co- the damn coffee and the mayo, and you know I don't want to. <laughs> that was the easy peer first, pressure. First, yeah. Uh, I'll do anything shameless promotion for the radio show. It's sports radio, KB. Uh, but that's my first sip of coffee. Got to watch out. Well, the acid really? reflux. Last night, I did a little beer, a little pizza. You know how that nice. is. Nice. Where did we get this off from? Uh, Giacomo's. Went over there. Woo! Yeah. Going to be my neck of the woods, so uh, uh, enjoyed that. Had some beer, had some pizza. Uh Wake up and uh, my stomach feels great by having coffee on top of it. But uh, lots to obviously talk about today. Do we want to dive into, I mean, I think there's two things. What do you want to see from Richardson? For me, it's not, you know, every pass being a check down. We can dive into that. And then the realization, uh, Stephen Holder uh, putting the news out there. What about 4 o'clock yesterday, 4.30 or so? Six teams have reached out to the Indianapolis Colts. You got a couple offers on the table. Obviously, a team uh, worth monitoring continues to be the Miami Dolphins and continues to be the realization uh, and it feels very split. I mean, there are still people that believe he will not be traded. Bob Kravitz was on with JMV yesterday thinks much uh, like Chris Jones with the Kansas City Chiefs maybe they show up week eight. (laughs) That's a possibility uh, as well, but then there's another whole group. We talked about it yesterday, KB, that thinks this guy is going to be traded. Why would you not go uh, and move and get an asset like him? And that's where we sit on this Thursday on a game day. Is it bad for Colts fans to be rooting for running back injuries over the next 48 hours around the league? Well, if you want him gone, right? If you want to increase that trade well, if you want, to, Yeah, but see, I, I guess I view this not different, but one thing I was going to ask, um, 239-1070, at some point today we can even take a couple calls on it, and I don't know, and this is just with you, you guys aren't giving off, and KB, I don't think this is your personality, you're not giving off any like sense of panic, and maybe panic's not the right word, that, oh my God, you know, we're going to lose this guy, okay, and even if you get a nice haul back, if you get a two and a four, if you get a three, four, and a six, or something like that, is it going to kind of pad everything with the fact that, I mean, the best player, the second best player, however, I mean, the best player until we see Anthony Richardson won't be on the team, a guy on Lucas Oil, a guy that, I mean, the majority of of fans around here have the 28 jersey, right? I mean, we know that. Um, Is there a sense of, is there a sense of anger with fans if this ends up going down? Because until now, it's been talk, and now it ain't talk, man. Now it's six teams have reached out. They're going to be good teams. There are some good teams, some teams that can pay him. Uh, it can give up the assets to do so. And, you, and you know, the Colts sit here on a Thursday morning on a game day with a couple offers. Yeah, I mean, I I do think, you know, and I'll say this for the next six months, that every decision and everything that happens this season, it all centers around, is this helping Anthony Richardson? And, and I don't think there's anyone that can sit there and say a departure of Jonathan Taylor is helping his his development. I know a lot of people bring up, you know, other types of quarterbacks that you know, didn't have elite running backs next to them early in their NFL careers, whether it was Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson or, you know, go back to Robert Griffin the third with Alfred Morris next to him and all of a sudden <laughs> Morris has a you know one great season right. in his NFL career. To me though, Richardson's unlike any quarterback that's entered this league. Any quarterback that's entered this league, particularly as a top five pick. No one has the resume or lack thereof, probably is the better way to say it, like Anthony Richardson does, whether it's the inexperience or the inaccuracy that he put up at Florida. I went on with JMV yesterday, and... I heard you. 
JMV, yes. I had, I had running water in southern oh, Indiana. Yeah, Settle down. I went to the bathroom inside. <laughs> I guess as a fellow southern Indiana or as JMV, he can probably oh, get away it. with that. Yeah. Those, those comments. Um, but I look back when Richardson was drafted at the last few years of college football because college football continues to evolve. It continues to be you know more of the spread look and quick passes and those sorts of things. And if you look back on Richardson's Number of pass attempts he had last season, you compare that to the last three years of college football, it is the worst completion percentage of any of them, any of the quarterbacks over the last three years of college football that have thrown at least 300 passes and started 13 games. Um, I think it was like 170-some quarterbacks on that list, and Richardson was dead last. Yeah, Florida didn't in, win games last year. In yeah. passing accuracy. Yeah. So there is just no comparison to Anthony Richardson. So I don't think we can say, well, this guy didn't have a, a, a bona fide running back, or this guy had that. This guy had that. A lot of these young quarterbacks as well, Andrew Luck's case, his first year he had a Still in his prime, Reggie Wayne, until he tore his ACL the very next season. And T.Y. Hilton, who quickly inserted himself as a pretty darn good wideout in this league. Richardson doesn't have that. So, I, I think we have got to get away from like trying to compare Richardson to other young quarterbacks that have entered this league. Because, again, to me, he is such a unicorn and different experience than anybody else. And to me, that's why... There's more emphasis on supporting him uh, with Jonathan Taylor. But certainly Miami, um, I mean, their media has been very vocal about uh, their pursuit of Jonathan Taylor. And is the second, second day pick the Colts are potentially coveting? Is that something that's being pushed back? Because we know Miami doesn't have a third rounder this year. They don't have a fourth rounder. Uh, would that cause some hesitancy from the Dolphins? Again, I, I it was a little tongue-in-cheek, and I know it maybe is a little bit of a mean thing to say, but I literally Ooh, mean it, Andy. I like Running this. back injuries over the next 48 hours is something I, something to monitor. Oh, I no, mean, you're not joking. This I, is I, the preseason finale, and you yeah, got roster sure. cuts coming up on, on Tuesday, and is this going to be more of a dress rehearsal feel to these preseason games? The Colts are treating it like that. doesn't sound like the Eagles will be treating it like that. Uh, but that, I think, is all things to monitor here as supposedly Tuesday is going to be the deadline for the Colts and uh, whether they trade Jonathan Taylor Which, or which I like, by the way. I mean, it, I mean to put a deadline on it. Hey, here, here's here's what the reality is of the so situation. If you don't move on Tuesday, you don't go into the season. Exactly, and move I, them. I, I, well, no, I think you, I think you can, but I think I, I don't think it's a bad thing as you talk about before the season to set a deadline, and then the data can change, and injuries can happen, and teams can underachieve, or a team can pop up and say, "Hey, we're better. We're a few games better than we thought we were going to be, and we need a running back. Let's do it." I, I listen. There's still a lot to happen but the realization like all of these things it's a step closer and yesterday when you find out that six teams have reached out and the Colts do have they may not like them of course and obviously right now uh, they probably don't but listen you got a couple opportunities with a couple deals on the table and that had to be the next step and it is the next step. 12 hours and change away from kickoff tonight in Philly again the Colts Shane Sykin has said that they will play a lot of their starters tonight we'll see for how long is it a half? Does it bleed into the third quarter at all? It doesn't sound like Philadelphia will follow suit. So if I have it right here, get ready for 
Notre Dame legend Ian Book, <laughs> Marcus Mariota. Is that where Book is? I had no former idea. Stanford qu- quarterback Tanner McKee as the three signal callers for the Eagles, not name Jalen Hurts. Obviously, position battle still to watch for the Colts. Cornerback, tight end, that back end of the receiver. We'll hit on that. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. He joins us typically on Fridays. We've bumped him up to Thursday with a game day here, and we'll get a little fantasy football conversation coming up uh, in the 9 o'clock hour with Josh Larkey. We know fantasy football drafts are starting to be abundant this time of year, so we'll touch on that coming up. I did want to mention this before we head to our first break. Um, and Kyle Nenrip, I know, retweeted, uh, I believe it was from Jim Inskeep, the Carmel Athletic Director, a picture last night of their soccer and lacrosse fields up there in Carmel. Uh, just an absolutely tragic story, the loss of uh, their lacrosse coach, 31-year-old Jack Meacham, um, who passed in a uh, two-car collision earlier this week in Hamilton County. The picture of tons of people from the lacrosse community, Carmel community, certainly the Meacham family. Um, it, was, it was a very moving photo um, that was tweeted out last night. So certainly thoughts with everybody, uh, not only Hamilton County, lacrosse-related, but of course the Meacham family as a 30-year-old, 31-year-old Jack Meacham, who was the Carmel High School lacrosse coach, lost his life earlier this week. This is the Wake Up Call. KB and Andy here on a Thursday morning in Indiana. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, our coverage beginning tonight at 5 o'clock on The Fan. Matt Taylor and company will have the call there. Cannot wait. Uh, I got to meet Matt out at uh, KB. I don't know if you know this. I, I, I've only talked to Matt over email for years, so it was great to finally meet Matt Taylor. Uh, it's great to have him on the line now as we get ready for the game tonight. We'll have all the reaction here uh, all day on The Fan, getting you ready today, and then obviously tomorrow what happened between the Colts and Eagles. Matt, Good morning, sir. How are you? What's up, guys? How are we doing today? Matt, uh, we're doing fantastic. KB is... Matt, we in- got a sweep of the of the Angels. He, he, Come on, now. Well, KB's engrossed in Ian Book research right now. I'm not exactly sure what he's doing over uh, there on the not, old laptop. Not as much as Matt Taylor. <laughs> I know you've got all sure. the Ian Book notes ready to go for tonight, right? Yeah, we're, we're ready to go on Ian Book. We're ready to go on Tanner McKee. We're ready to go on Marcus Mariota. I have a feeling we're going to be talking more about those gentlemen than we are, you know, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and, and, and so on and so forth. I think it's going to be one of those nights for the Eagles. Uh, but I, I don't think and this is the greatness of the preseason is that, you know, what, 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 what one team's trying to get out of the game is different than another. And the Colts are trying to get some more you know, good time on task and more reps and more quality, you know, competition and, uh, you know, live bullets, if you will, for their starters. We know Anthony Richardson's going to play. We know the starters are going to play on both sides of the ball. Now, to what degree and for how long, we don't know. But, um, you know, that's that's the preseason now with, like, the unknowns of, you know, now we're down to three preseason games and joint practices. It's kind of complicated, you know, time and, you know, how much starters are going to participate in all that. So it's pretty much a crapshoot. That's why I'm just so looking forward to, you know, 
not not to fast forward, but like let's just get to the regular season, mm-hmm. and then then we, then we don't have to talk about this stuff for another eleven months. Matt joins us on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline here on the Fan Nine O'clock Hour. We got you up until ten. Uh, what do you want to see from Anthony Richardson tonight? How much do you think he'll play tonight in Philly? Yeah, I mean, again, I know he's going to play. I just don't know what that means. You know, he played three series, which equated to a quarter in Buffalo. Um, you know, if I was a if I was a guessing man, which I'm not, I could be dead wrong. But you, you might see. You might see that replicated tonight. Um, and and you, what you want to see is the offense capitalize. You know, there, there were some good moments in Buffalo, which is, I mean, that seems like so long ago, but that was really only 12 days ago. Um, you know, you had that second drive of the second or the first quarter where they mixed in the RPO game. The running game really worked. You had some good moments over the middle. You know, the, uh, the Kylan Granson catch from Anthony Richardson. Um, but then – you know, it was all blown up with holding penalties and a missed field goal, and then you know, he had some drop passes. So, you know, obviously the next step tonight for the offense is you want to put the ball in the end zone. You need to start scoring points and feeling good about yourself as far as that's concerned. Um, but just with Anthony Richardson, I, I thought in these joint practices against the Bears and the Eagles, you know, for the most part, I thought he got a lesson in taking what the defense gives him. You know, that first joint practice against the Bears – you know, the Matt Eberflus uh, defense, it's, the hallmark of it is to not give up any big plays. And in a seven-on-seven period, maybe kind of forced it a little bit. An overthrow got picked off by a safety. But for the, re- the remainder of that joint practice, and then the next day, and then this week against the Eagles, I thought Anthony did a really good job of getting the ball out fast, understanding the playbook very, very well, knowing where to go with the football, and again, just taking what the defense gave them. Uh, or gave him, I should say, and it, there's nothing wrong with getting first downs. There's nothing wrong with sustaining drives. But again, the next step is converting inside the red zone. That's where the Colts struggled so mightily last year. It's it's third down when the game is on the line. It's fourth quarter, and the Colts have been drilling that. They have been simulating those situational footballs all training camp long. Kevin, you know that. They did that again uh, on Tuesday in a joint practice against the Eagles. A lot of like high red zone, then some low red zone stuff. I mean, that's where the game is won and lost. It's, it's red zone, it's situational football, it's four minutes, it's third down. That, that really decides winners and losers in the NFL. That's where I want to see Anthony Richardson and this offense improve tonight. Getting his voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. We are back to our normal radio trio. So that would be, of course, Matt, Rick Venturi, and Lara Overton with tonight's game on Amazon and, and RTV6 here locally. Matt, I'm going to list a name, some names of guys that I thought uh, either looked good in training camp or certain, I guess these kind of go hand in hand, or they've improved maybe their positioning on the team, in my opinion. And, and I don't want to go with like the top 10, 15 guys on the roster because that's boring. So um, feel free to uh, chat about these guys or throw other names on the list. Wide receiver Josh Downs, offensive lineman Arlington Hambright, Defensive end, Titus Leo. Safety, Nick Cross. And then a couple corners, Daryl Baker Jr. and Jalen Jones. Well, I mean, you've got a lot of names right there. I mean, the guys that immediately stand out to me in terms of improving their, their stock, um, or at least, you know, raising my own hand and saying they're higher on my radar than they were going into camp. Um, of that list, it would be Daryl Baker Jr. It would be Jalen Jones. I mean, Jalen Jones has probably had the most consistent camp of the young corners. Oh, yeah, easily. Um, I mean, of, of, the, of the young drafted corners, just because of availability, but also, I mean, the guy can play. 
The guy's really, really physical, and I think he's going to make this team because he's really good on special teams as well. He had a really good moment against the Bears yeah. mm-hmm. where he's running down and he's covering a punt. He's a gunner, um, but he showed a lot of physicality to shed some blocks. And then, you know, Dante Pettis got twirled out of bounds by Jalen Jones, which is a really, really, really good play. Um, I'll add one more, one more guy to your list there. I don't know if you said him or not. Perhaps you did. Um, but Jawan Winfrey. Um, you know, he's, he's had some really good moments as of late. The last two opportunities to shine. He's a wideout, by the way. I, I, yes. A little back. He's like been in the league for a handful of years, right, Matt? Yes. Yeah, he's a fifth-year guy out of Colorado. He's played some in the NFL. He's had some nice moments. And the reason why you bring him up is he's playing good, and he's a big-bodied receiver, so perhaps he could back up, you know, kind of add some depth behind Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce. And, and that's kind of the roster mechanics of, of how you look at this now with the wide receiver position being a little bit more complicated due to that injury to Ashton Doolin. It's, you know, what kind of bodies do you need? What kind of personnel right. do you need on your team at wide receiver if, you, if you're going to keep five guys at that spot? You know, you got McKenzie, you got Downs. Those two players kind of complement one another. I know that's kind of a lazy comparison, but you get what I'm saying. Maybe you need another guy to kind of, compliment the bigger body guys if something happens there in terms of injuries but the guy can make plays and he did that against some really good corners in this joint practice on Tuesday here in Philadelphia he had the touchdown last Saturday against the Bears but he's also played special teams anytime he's been active in his career he has played on special teams so he can do it um, you know, obviously, when you lose a player like Ashton Doolin, who's an elite special teams player, a great gunner, a great tackler, and you know, in the, in the third phase of the game, that's going to hurt. But I think Jawan Winfrey is, you know, again, ten days ago, I probably I'm not talking about that, but now, you know, when you when you have the cluster of of Perriman and Strawn and Amari Rogers and Jawan Winfrey, Winfrey is, in my opinion, getting a higher sniff. Than, than he was, you know, two weeks ago when the Colts were getting ready to uh, play the Buffalo Bills. Matt Taylor with us, Pay Less Liquors Hotline here on the fan. Uh, tight ends, injuries, uh, Mo Alley Cox could be, you know, on that edge. KB, you've talked about that quite a bit. Uh, what do you want to see from the tight ends? That seems to be an interesting group that the next few days are going to really matter to those guys. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing tonight is I want to see guys play. It was a welcome sight, you know, on Tuesday. You had Mo Alley Cox back. You had uh, Drew Ogletree back. You know, uh, Drew had been dealing with the shoulder, and then Mo had missed a major chunk of camp. Jelani Woods is still, um, you know, dealing with his injury, um, leg injury, and I doubt he's going to play tonight, just given the fact that didn't he didn't participate on Tuesday. Um, so I just want to see availability. I just want to see, you know, you have so many talented tight ends, but right now if you're filling out a depth chart or you're making, you know, projected roster cuts, you don't even really know where to start because – so many guys have missed a large chunk of camp, and it's kind of unfortunate that you're no further along in, in the evaluation of that position group than you were at the, the beginning of camp because so many guys missed so much time on the field. So, you know, how much has, has Farrell Brown pushed Mo Alley Cox, if you will, for a, for a roster spot? I mean, you know who Mo is, right? You, you understand who he is as a player. He's been on. Your team has been in your organization since 2017. Obviously, he's grown, he's matured, he's improved. You know, but like it's it's just hard when you know it's all about the time and the now. It's all about what have you done for me lately? I mean, everybody in this league understands that the NFL stands for not for long. 
Um, so, you know, I, I want to see Mo you know, make some plays tonight, get some run, again, stay out there. Uh, but then also, again, watching Kylan Granson's continued, uh, you know, improvement. You know, he's been probably the most consistent guy out of all of them because he's been healthy. He's been available to play. and He's making plays. He seems like he's done a nice job of building rapport and synergy with Anthony Richardson, uh, kind of especially as that move tight end. But, yeah, I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on just, like, how much playing time these guys get tonight. And, again, Farrell Brown, how much are you pushing mm-hmm. Mo Alley-Cox? You know, Drew Ogletree, how much can you push uh, Jelani Woods for a roster spot, considering what Woods did last year, but also knowing he's he's spent a lot of time on the sideline. So that's definitely a, a complicated you know, roster construction component going into next Tuesday. Again, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, is with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline, uh, live from Philadelphia. You get a Phillies game in? Went to the game yesterday. Yeah, went to the game yesterday. It was a four. It was a weird start time. A four o'clock Wednesday start time. Uh, mm. Phillies and Giants game went into extras. We yeah. were kind of debating on whether or not to bail in the ninth inning. And oh. you know, wouldn't, wouldn't you know it was five to two? They they walked the first two batters in the bottom of the ninth. The Giants do, and then Harper hits a line drive scorcher over to right field, and then you know, Blamo was five to five. So. We, we left in the top of the tents. You know, we had to bail out of there. We took the subway. But, uh, you know, for, the, for, my, for my red legs, it was, it was good to see. I was kind of cheering on the inside. Amen to that. It was good, it was good to see the Giants, <laughs> uh, you know, come back and get that one in extra, uh, extras yesterday. Granted, you got the Giants now lurking there in the wild card no doubt, picture. Man. Okay, coming up Tuesday, 4 o'clock, roster cuts, all right? And waiver claims, we've seen Chris Ballard be very active before. We've seen Ballard be active with trades. I mean, I know the Taylor trade is a lot people are talking about right now, but, like, you know, yeah. just you, you, you trade a six-round pick for Grant Stewart last year, whatever that deal was, and now he's a special teamer for you. You know, poke fun at Matt, Matt Pryor, if you will, but that was a trade executed by the right. Colts and the Eagles there late in the preseason. Mate, I'm going to throw five positions at you. Running back, wide out, O-line, corner, safety. Running back, wide out, O-line, corner, safety. What would you rank kind of one or two on that list heading into those waiver claims coming up on Tuesday? Yeah, I don't – I mean, that's a great question. You know, to me, I just think the game starts up front. I mean, obviously last year – I mean, anytime you go 4-12-1 and you and you lose your last seven games of the season – I mean, everything is going to get looked at, and there's tons of problems, and there's not just one thing. But I suppose if, if you look at last year and you are in an elevator with you know someone that didn't know what happened to the Colts in 2022 and you had you know two minutes to tell them what happened and where to start, <laughs> it would probably be along the offensive line. You know, the, that's where it all starts. You know, if you can't move the ball, you can't protect, it, it's going to be hard to score points on offense, and that's exactly what happened to the Colts last year, right? Only putting up 17 points per game, and again, not very good in the red zone, leading the NFL in turnovers. I think the, the offensive line troubles last year were kind of indicative of, of how the year went, and so I just don't think you can have enough depth and enough you know, quality competition, especially on those interior spots right now. That's kind of where the Colts are thin as of right now, I mean, we saw it with, with Will Fries going down. Uh, I mean, you go back to last year, Danny Pinter was that guy, and then, you know, he got supplanted by Will Fries, but then Will Fries' injury, you know, here late in camp, that's opened the door for Arlington Hambright to run some at right guard. That's opened the door for Carter O'Donnell to run some at right guard. That was evident on Tuesday in that joint practice with Philadelphia. Um, so out of all of those groups, I would probably say, you know, the Colts are probably going to be 
keeping a close eye on some of the options that are made available to them in the interior of the offensive line and the waiver wire. And that's big because think about it, Kevin, you know this, you know, after that 4-12-1 season last year, you know, picking fourth overall, they're going to be pretty high up on those waiver wire claims. So they're going to be in a good position to get some good, you know, pieces that didn't make other teams that might be, you know, in, in a better spot depth-wise, um, and, and those players made available to, to, to uh, teams like the Colts that might be in need of some reliable pieces that are uh, made available to them on the waiver wire. What kind of a chance do you think James Washington has? It, it's so difficult to, to say. I mean, it's such a great story, though, because, I mean, God, he was signed, what, 7 o'clock last Friday? Yeah, and then caught a big game. pass. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like 20 hours later, he's running a go-route, and... You know, he talked in the locker room after the game. He lost the ball on the lights and was able to kind of track at the last minute from Sam Ellinger. And ironically, I mean, great for him. It was the it was the longest play of the game. It was a forty two yard catch. It was the longest play from scrimmage on offense for the Colts. And go figure. It's a guy that that you know put pen to paper. You know, the night before. I mean, I, I think it's incredible. I don't care if it is preseason football, and you know. The playbook's pretty basic. Anytime you can go out there and execute a play and and have basically, you know, somebody give you a uniform, you know, 10 minutes earlier and say, here, go play. I mean, that's that's incredible. But, uh, you know, Washington's a guy that's been in the NFL for a long time, right? And he was um, highly touted Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, he, he had a foot injury and had two different surgeries in 2021. Uh, last year, spent some time with the Cowboys, got cut. Um, you know, this past season started, you know, the training camp and the preseason with the Saints got cut. And so he was just really emotional because he wants to continue to play in this league. He knows injuries have kind of derailed that, just wants an opportunity. So really, really thankful for just the, the opportunity to close out the preseason here with the Colts. And, you know, you're, you're excited for a guy like that tonight to you know, continue to ball out, show what he can do, and make this a, a complicated mess for the Colts. That's a good problem to have when – Again, you know, going going back to a week ago, it's like, all right, who is who's going to emerge from this group from Strawn and Perriman and so on and so forth? Now the Colts seemingly have some good options with Winfrey coming on and Washington here and DJ Montgomery here. So maybe it's not as as uh, black and white as we thought um, with Ashton Doolin's injury. Maybe some of these guys are making it tough on the Colts at wide receiver for these roster cuts. That's exactly what they want. Boy, Mike Strawn on special teams, that is such, I think, a hard dilemma in terms of putting him on this roster. Uh, to me, I look at five wideouts, four tight ends, more than six wideouts, and three tight ends, but we'll see how that plays out on Tuesday. All right, Matt, last one for me, and again, Matt Taylor. Our coverage begins at 5 o'clock tonight. You'll hear Mate, Rick Venturi, and Lara Overton at 8 in the preseason finale from Philly. Uh, no better person to ask than a diehard IU football fan, Matt Taylor. The YouTube chat currently, <laughs> Matt Taylor, is having a debate on the best IU quarterback in the last 15 years. Oh. The reason why we're on this topic is some people you know, were asking if Nate Sudfeld was still on the Eagles roster. So let me throw names at you. Sudfeld, wow. Ben Chappell, Kellen Lewis, Michael Penix, and what about the man with the stogie in his mouth, Xander Diamond? You got the, the best IU quarterback in the last 15 years? Oh, my gosh. You forgot about Richard Lego. Um, <laughs> Wasn't he with the Colts at a rookie minicamp? Where yeah. number 21, Richard Lego? Yeah, that was his jersey number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think he was here on a rookie, you know, the, the, the what do you call that? The um, the local pro the day? 
the local pro day. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, man, I would probably have to say, I would probably have to say, you know, the former Eagle uh, in that group. You I going mean, Sudfeld? Yeah, I mean the 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 two thousand. The 2015-2016 IU Hoosiers were, like, really, really good up front and in the skill players on offense. They just couldn't stop anybody. They just couldn't stop anybody. You know, so it was painful to lose games, you know, 38-31, you know, or going to overtime against Michigan, double overtime against Michigan at home and and, and see that, that game, you know, drop and not go the Hoosiers' way and then – you know, inevitably that that's a game that cost them a chance to get to six wins and make a bowl. So, and then it's you know it's it's just always something. Unfortunately, with with, with you being an IU football fan, it's like you know, as soon as Tom Allen comes in, the defense is really really good, and all of a sudden now we can't score. You know what I mean? It's like it's just always flip flopped, and and so it's just kind of disheartening now that we're going into year number seven, I believe that is with with Tom Allen, and now you're seeing the. The national projections of you know three and a half wins or four wins or stuff like that after you know the great 2019 season. Obviously, the the COVID season of 20 was spectacular. So yeah, it's just it's just such a pendulum swinging uh, experience. Obviously, being an IU football fan. Michael Penix, by the way, sixth on the Heisman odds entering. Well, this I, I was going to say season. I would say it's Penix because he had the year the win over Ohio State, but unfortunately, part of it is he left and he might you know he might be in New York for the oh. Heisman. That's not for Indiana though, but you know, you know I might put no, him on the list. They, they never did. I mean, his his greatest moment was that Penn State. Yeah, never the did two point conversion. Yeah, yeah, no. never did beat Ohio State, but. See, the, the Penix experience, unfortunately, I think sours a lot of IU fans just because I mean, sure. he's a kid, obviously, but just the injuries, like the health. He never was able to, to put it together. And then, you know, he leaves and goes to Washington and goes back with his former offensive coordinator. And it just, it just goes to show you, man, like relationships and confidence. Like, that's, that's really what it's all about. It's more so than X's and O's. It's just about where do you feel comfortable and and for Penix, I mean, it was just all about people and surrounding him with the right environment, and that's why he went to Washington. So, so good for him. But you know, I don't know who the heck's going to play quarterback for IU in two weeks. They're they're keeping it pretty close to the best here. Well, think about that debate when you climb the rocky steps today here on this <laughs> Thursday morning of game day. He's got he's got to he's got to get all the calories out of his body from the cheesesteaks oh, cheese the last couple calories. days. Hey, yeah. You just walk outside today and you're going to sweat it out, so you'll be you'll be good to go. Uh, Mate, enjoy the call tonight, and uh, we look forward to continuing our Friday conversations here as we start to get into the regular season. You got it, guys. I appreciate you. Have a good one. That's a great Matt Taylor right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. And as you just heard, diehard IU football fan, uh, Matt Taylor. All right, Josh Larkey is going to join us here in less than 10 minutes. Fantasy football guru. We know fantasy football drafts are starting to pick up some steam here this time of year. So we'll talk a little fantasy football here in a few. That'll push the pop quiz to the final segment before all of that. Morning check down time. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, yesterday in Major League Baseball, the Red Legs, they get a sweep of the Angels. Cubs over the Tigers, 6-4. Jake Query in the stands for the White Sox game. Uh, not sure if he stayed for all 10. I certainly would not as a day game in that heat. He said they hid in the shade, which I don't blame him. Hid in the shade. That's very There's smart. probably a lot of open seats, a day baseball mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. for yeah. one of the worst teams in Major it's League like, Baseball. Is he interviewing to replace <laughs> Ken Williams or... 
Tony LaRusso, I want an interview. Um, that pretty much covers everything. <laughs> what Indians if he, beat the Iowa what Cubs if he was? Yesterday. What if he was? Like, you know, we're going to go outside the box for our next general manager. We're going to do a, uh, we're gonna, you know, a guy that's a longtime radio and TV vet. We're going to bring him in and see if we can shake some things up here on the south side. Yeah, Moneyball that, right? <laughs> Tony, well, you know what Bart Beer is, right? You've heard <laughs> yeah. of that. Drank Little Kings before, haven't you? Uh, Ellie De La Cruz, six ribbies in game one. Kind of a cool moment there captured with the Reds and the Angels of Shohei Otani on second base and De La Cruz kind of poking them like, are you real? Unfortunately, the latest on Otani, his yeah. days of pitching this season are over. Torn UCL. Um, so that's Tommy John, right? Well, Another? okay, so it's the same elbow. He had Tommy John back in 2018, and so now he's, I mean, now it's going to, you know, it's either going to be a lot of rest or it's going to be... Uh, do you do sur- it again? It's Yeah, or it's surgery again. The thing about it is, you know, I, I mean, listen, you can look at this a couple ways. I know we haven't talked about it and we're up against a break, but I mean, this guy is going to make a lot of money anyway, but... I mean, part of part of the reason you were going to pay him more than anybody else was because he could pitch for oh, you, sure. and yeah, that's yeah, yeah. and now that's done. Done, I, done. I, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm looking at a lot of baseball people on Twitter that are like, the chance of him pitching now and that being part of the conversation going forward has minimized, you know, really? quite a bit. Oh, man, I, I I hate hearing that. I guess I, you know, the magnitude of it to Tommy John surgeries should speak for itself. But I didn't realize to that extent. Uh, it's still going to hit this year. It's still going to play out this season. But um, yeah, just really unfortunate for obviously an incredible talent. <laughs> Sweeps. That might just be it. That just might be it. Yeah. Fever that, that, seven that, o'clock that, tonight. Fever seven o'clock tonight. That just might be High it. High school football games being pushed back a little bit. Keep an eye on that. Our game right here on the airwaves coming up tomorrow. Cathedral and Brownsburg back to seven thirty. And then as we said with Matt Taylor, eight o'clock kick tonight. Our coverage will be five o'clock. So JMV, you'll still hear him, but um, that's going to be a little bit earlier than normal eating into his show. All right, on the other side, Josh Larkey. He's going to join us, talk some fantasy football here so we get you set for draft season fantasy-wise. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Boom, from the bed, down to the, down to the, to the floor, and I want to... You make it so good, I don't want to leave, but I got to let, let, let know what, what's your fantasy to say. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Mark was mixing that during the break, and I was thinking, why is he playing ludicrous? And then I realized the fantasy and the fantasy football connection. There you go. Mark, very, very good on that. That's that's always. how you produce sports talk radio. Right. You he knows what he's doing that? There. This man, he's a grizzled vet. He knows what he's doing. Uh, but let's get to it. Reminder, uh, coming up tonight, 5 o'clock, that coverage begins. Matt Taylor, JMV, the entire crew there. They got you covered uh, to get ready for the Colts and Eagles. We'll be back at it 7 a.m. tomorrow for the wake-up call to break down. 
down everything that we saw and things that didn't happen during the game. And obviously, uh, that will be a lot of fun as well. All right, it's football time, and that means it's fantasy football time as well. Josh Larkey joins us from the 33rd team. We love talking with him. He's on the Payless Liquors hotline. Josh, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Uh, And I guess let's start here. Uh, Just the local guy, Anthony Richardson. I'm looking at some draft boards, and I'm seeing him taken. Now, I I know a lot of that has to do with scoring. I'm seeing him taken anywhere from 8 to to probably 11th round. What do you make of Anthony Richardson, and where would you kind of take him? Well, thanks for having me on and bringing me into ludicrous. You like that? First in my my (laughs) fantasy career. The, the the listeners are going to hate me early on, but I think we'll we'll build up steam later. I I am not an Anthony Richardson drafter this season, but I will preface with next year I am almost certainly going to love the tantalizing upside of the most athletic rookie quarterback ever. I, the, we, the way we saw him test his combination of the the forty time, his his height, his weight is essentially Cam Newton but faster. However. When it comes to fantasy, rookie quarterbacks simply don't score fantasy points. The past 15 years I looked, we've had four quarterbacks that would have paid off a quarterback 10 ADP. Four rookies in 15 years. All of them were multi-year starters in college, whereas Anthony Richardson started just one year at Florida. So for anyone wondering, I would say we're a year early. Year two of Richardson's career, I will 100% buy in. We love the rushing upside, but generally rookie quarterbacks, especially an inexperienced one like Richardson, the, the game plan for year one is so conservative that there's simply just not enough passing for the fantasy points to hit. And you get some nice rushing, but then you look at, we're probably going to see him scoring 15, 16 fantasy points. And I, I don't think he quite hits that. That should be 8, 9, 10 break tags. All right, Josh Larkey's with us talking some fantasy football here. Josh, let's say I've got a draft tonight, okay? Uh, again, I'm not a fan of any drafts before the month of September, but whatever. Let's say we've got a draft tonight. Where would you draft Jonathan Taylor? Ooh. That's a great question. I've generally been higher than most on Taylor the past few weeks. And I know it's crazy, everyone. I generally start drafting two weeks after the Super Bowl. So I have been through the roller coasters of <laughs> all check these. Your, are you seeing a doctor, Josh? <laughs> are you okay? I, I, I he's not okay. He's not listening. <laughs> I hope he's not listening. So Jonathan Taylor at one point opened up. Like March, he was going at the round one, round two turn, like picks 10 through 15. And I thought, that's really early. He has now slipped. He generally goes in the 20s. And I think that's probably where he should go. There's been the trade rumors, but at the end of the day, if we just look at Jonathan Taylor himself, he, I think he and Nick Chubb at this point are kind of the two best pure runners. The kind of guy that's going to get 20 carries a game, that's going to monopolize goal line work, and uh, depending on where Taylor's traded, not traded, then we'll kind of know what to expect for his pass game usage. But at the end of the day, I, I don't really want in round – Often it's round three now. I'm not really interested in fading one of the best pure running backs in the NFL when if you tell me the guy's going to have double-digit touchdowns and a ton of rushing yards, then I'm inclined to not hate that player once we hit the third round of fantasy. So you're in the third round and your league mates go, oh, Taylor might get traded or, oh, I don't know how I feel about him. I'd say, hey, 
you're getting one of the best pure running backs. We we know no matter where he goes, if he gets traded, he's getting a ton of volume. If he stays in the Colts, he's getting a ton of volume. And uh, I wish he was involved a little more in the pass game. We never really saw that materialize throughout his career. But what we've seen is the, the Nick Chubb-level rusher, and we've generally been pretty happy drafting Nick, Nick Chubb round one, round two. So Taylor round three feels like a, a pretty solid pick at this point. Josh, I, I got to go back to this drafting two weeks after the Super Bowl <laughs> here, okay? I, I am uh, – so how does that work? Like, I know you're not high on Anthony Richardson, but, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, do you draft rookies? Like, I, I, I'm confused how this works. Uh, what – is this a normal fantasy draft and you do take a, whatever, a C.J. Stroud and you just place him wherever he ends up going team-wise? That that is exactly correct. Yeah, uh, you, all all the players that are potentially entering the draft get thrown into player pools. So I would be drafting certain players and not knowing where they end up purely off of how they looked as college prospects and what the the big media thinks will be their draft capital. So when I'm looking at Anthony Richardson, I actually drafted so much Anthony Richardson early in drafts because he was often going at like QB 25 and I thought whoa this looks like a pretty good prospect he's probably going to be an early first round pick so then I had a nice advantage there when he ends up going fourth overall to the Colts and then his ADP skyrockets to QB 8 QB 9 QB 10 and I said you know what at this point you guys are crazy I loved him at quarterback 25 I have him ranked right now at quarterback 14. And I, I think that's fair. He's just outside that QB1 tier. He's a high upside bench stash for this season. Josh, yeah, Josh Larkey with us talking some fantasy football here on the fan. He joins us on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. Let's just go back to Jonathan Taylor and just give you a what if. If you're sitting there in the third round uh, and you have the option of, and I'm looking at other running backs, and that's probably not fair, but, you know, Travis Etienne, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, you taking Jonathan Taylor over all three of those guys? Right now, I have Travis Etienne one spot ahead of Jonathan Taylor, but I have both of them very far ahead of Aaron Jones. I, I kind of put tiers to my rankings, and for anyone that's like, what the heck is a, a, a tier? You're making me do math? Not making you do math. With my rankings, I am not 100%, believe it or not, even though I, this is what I do full-time, I am not supremely, completely confident that every prediction I have is perfect. <laughs> it's definitely not. Really? Well, we are, you know. Yeah, around you're here. on an island by yourself. Yeah, with yeah. That. We're always right around uh, here. We know exactly where Jonathan Taylor is going to play this season. <laughs> so what I will say is, while I have ETN one spot ahead of Taylor, they, have, they are in the same tier. And what I would say is that I slightly lean Travis ETN. If you said, hey, I, I want to take Jonathan Taylor, I wouldn't say anything. I'd say, great. Which player do you want to watch more? I personally lean ETN. But if you like Taylor, great. However, they are both a full tier ahead of Aaron Jones. With Aaron Jones, I'm just gravely concerned. The, mm-hmm. the move from future first ballot Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, who's only started a couple games in his three-year career, that's going to be a pretty monumental downgrade. Also, Aaron Jones does not score rushing touchdowns anymore. That is Aaron. That is A.J. Dillon's role. Last year... A.J. Dillon had seven rushing touchdowns. That's okay. That's good. Not great. Second on the team was Christian Watson with two (laughs) rushing touchdowns. Fortunately, Aaron Jones also tied Christian Watson with two. But the the general idea is that goal line carries are now mostly going to A.J. Dillon. 
Jordan Love is probably not going to be the incredible check down artist that Aaron Rodgers was, where the play is breaking down and he goes, you know what, I'm going to perfectly find Aaron Jones in the flats. The, the target volume might drop a little, the receiving efficiency might drop. So generally where running back score fantasy points is targeted in the passing game or scoring touchdowns. And I think Aaron Jones at this point is getting squeezed on both angles. And he's a 29-year-old running back, which is starting to get up there in age and in the career arc. So I view the young, the, the young guys, ETN, Taylor, as much better bets this year than Aaron Jones. Again, Josh Larkey's with us, director of fantasy betting at the 33rd team. Josh, I am a horrific fantasy football player. <laughs> I need two to three core drafting values out of you, if you don't mind. Uh, very selfish of me, I know, so I apologize. But I need two or three core drafting values to stick by as I get some drafts underway here in the next couple of weeks. I can do that. So I, I think a, a few things right off the bat. One of them is I, a lot of people hate hearing this, but you are going to want some running backs. Or, or sorry, receivers. And everyone's always like, well, I want running backs. I my One of my rules, I had this little like free strategy guide that I threw out on the 33rdteam.com, and I was like, hey, guys, you're probably going to want three receivers through five to six rounds. Mm-hmm. That does not mean you can't take a running back round one. That does not mean you can't take a running back in round one and in round two. That is perfectly legal. We, we can do anything in fantasy football. But I, I think that's one of my biggest things is that when I look at the, the, the state of the receiver position, the high-end guys are outscoring everybody else by so much, and they're so consistent. So I'll give an example. Last year, among the top 12 receivers by ADP. So if you look last year at how the receivers were ranked, nine of those 12 receivers in the top finished in the top 12. So receiver at this point is becoming such a bankable, consistent, high-scoring position with passing offenses on the rise. Running backs, I did the same test. Out of those top 12 ranked by ADP, just five Hmm. finished in the top 12 in fantasy points per game. So receiver at this point is just a bankable position. We can't deny it. I don't think we should be avoiding it. So you want to make sure that you're getting some receivers. So the people that are like, Josh, I love drafting with full testosterone meter turned up running back, then a running back, then round three running back, then round four running back, I would say, you know what, that sounds really fun. And I think at the end of the day, you're going to look at your draft and go, wow, I should probably have taken two receivers in that range. Well, you mentioned one. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go for it. Well, I was going to say, you mentioned wide receiver. So, Chase and Jefferson, uh, I mean, who would you take number one is the only running back? I mean, I'm looking at some draft boards uh, from some people I know. I mean, McCaffrey seems to be the only guy that would get in the top three there that's not a wide receiver for me. Otherwise, it's Chase and Jefferson. That's how I have it. I have those three in my top three. A lot of people like Jefferson first overall this year that like receivers a lot of people that like running backs will take McCaffrey with the number one pick I actually am going to be taking Jamar Chase with my number one pick most of the time and the case for it is pretty simple in college Chase was better than Jefferson as rookies Jamar Chase had a better rookie season than Jamar Justin Jefferson last year as a second year player Jamar Chase had over 20 PPR fantasy points a game despite a fractured hip mid-season and that is more fantasy points than Jefferson had in his second season. Chase has just always kind of outpaced him per uh, like year of their career. I think this is the year Chase takes over. Jamar Chase had more targets per game last year than Jefferson. 
So if you're telling me that Jamar Chase gets a mulligan on last year, he doesn't break his hip, he's once again getting more opportunities than Jefferson. Jamar Chase is a faster, more explosive, big play ability threat than Justin Jefferson. He is a better quarterback in Joe Burrow than Justin Jefferson. Not that I don't like Justin Jefferson, but I have to nitpick these top guys, and it's harder for me to find flaws at this point with Chase. I think Jamar Chase is a real threat to be the first receiver ever to hit 2,000 receiving yards. He stays healthy for 17 games. I think that is absolutely in the cards for, for Mr. Jamar Chase. Some terrific stuff right here from Josh Lark. Again, uh, the 33rd team is where you can find his content. Last one from me, Josh. Whatever. Round 16 rolls around, and you're like, oh, gosh, I don't even know half these names left on the board. Give us a sleeper rookie to keep an eye on that you like from a skill position standpoint. This is the – all right, guys. We uh, did not like Anthony Richardson. The, the fans hated it. They turned the radio off. They turned it back on to hope I was off the radio. They still hear me, but they love that I am going to recommend Colts rookie running back Evan Hall. Look at this. Okay, wow, you okay. the Northwestern kid, the fifth rounder. I Yes, a lot of people be like, Evan Hall, tell, tell me about this. This, is, this sounds like a creative player. Why, why should I like Evan Hall? <laughs> well, first off, as we talked about earlier on the show, Jonathan Taylor might get traded. And if he gets traded, you're probably going to want other Colts running backs on the roster. Someone's going to need to get and replace those 250, 300 carries. Deion Jackson right now is probably ahead of Evan Hall on the depth chart today. But one thing that we see consistently with rookie running backs and generally just rookies in general, the more the season plays out, the more they force themselves into the NFL team's starting lineup and into your fantasy lineup with Evan Hall. He's about 210 pounds. His 40 time was in the four fours. That side speed combo generally translates to fantasy points whenever they are the starting running back. Evan Hall had nearly 50 catches this past year. This, this is a hmm. an incredible receiving back with size and speed. We don't get that very often. And you might be like, receiving back, size, speed. Yeah, we, we see this year after year, like Tony Pollard last year, receiving back with size and some speed. Tony Pollard's actually 210 pounds like Evan Hall. This, this archetype of running back is so valuable when they start. And I'm not saying that Evan Hole is definitely going to start games, but he's definitely going to be valuable. But in the last round of your fantasy draft, you want to take a player that has a realistic path to actually starting for you and giving you fantasy points. And Evan Hole most certainly has that, where if, if, if the Colts one day say, hey, Evan Hole is going to rotate in and get some good reps, Oh, you, you make sure you have him on your bench. This is exciting. And if he gets uh, 10 to 15 touches in a game, you can start him almost every single week. And that, that's what I love is that it's a locked and loaded plug-and-play running back if he gets the opportunities. And I know any Colts fan out there would be like, hey, I love rooting on, on the guy that for fantasy that I'm watching on Sundays. So that right there is, is rookie running back Evan Holt. Great final round pick. Uh, well, Josh Larkey from the 33rd team. You see, you see what he did there, KB. He made up for all the Richardson stuff. Uh, and and I'm looking at at your website here. You're exactly right. How I know your picks are great is you have uh, Daniel Jones uh, many spots over Dak Prescott. Uh, so I know that you are uh, dialed. Giants you are, fan you are, talking you are, there. You are dialed into <laughs> how much of a bum Dak Prescott is. I'm kidding. Josh, appreciate the time, man. Take care. 
Thanks, guys. Outstanding right there from Josh Solarkey. Evan Hall, I believe the most running back catches of any player in one of the major conferences last year in college football. That was why. Threw him in my mock draft leading into the draft. Colts took him then in round five. All right, pop quiz to close out. That is a fantasy football spot up for grabs. 317-239-1070.